The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Saddle up, partners. It's a big Friday episode of Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris, and this, as promised throughout the week, is your massive Friday weekend, next week, week after, whatever distance you want it to go, mega streaming primer episode of Fantasy NBA Today. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. I'm guessing you guys will 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 have questions on some of the stuff we go over because we're going to be moving very fast. And this is one of those episodes where I would strongly consider, uh, if, if you're in the car or something like that, it's going to make it a little bit harder, but writing a few things down as we go through because this is not something that I'm able to do without writing stuff down. But it is about now plotting a course from now until the end of your fantasy playoffs, whenever those might be. So what we're going to do on today's podcast is we're going to go through all 30 teams one by one. We'll go alphabetically because, you know, F it. That's the easiest way for me to write all these things out in front of my face and talk about their schedule between now and the end of the year. Not just how many games they have in a given week, but where those games occur during said week. What sort of clustering streaming opportunities exist out there. How ruthless we need to be. Basically, what guys you should consider dropping into your streaming cycle including guys that need to be downgraded on your own fantasy team. And we'll come up with a strategy. Hopefully you guys can then sort of build one out for your own roster and implement it going forward. You can find me on the social media by Googling Dan from HoopBall. That's still the easiest way to do it because my last name is not that hard. It's only seven letters, but doesn't sound all that clean in an audio-only podcast. But it's B-E-S-B-R-I-S, Dan Bespris on Twitter. And uh, let's just sort of dive right on in. Although I will say this, uh, thank you again to everybody that continues to reach out on our recruiting process. I think one of you even found me on LinkedIn the other day, so that was uh, new. But for those of you that are not big into LinkedIn, you can email to join the HoopBall roster, teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Finding me on Twitter is still the easiest way to do it. Again, that's at Dan Bespris. We are looking for DFS and full-season fantasy contributors, and you're like, Dan, it's the end of the season. Why would I jump in right now? It's the perfect time to get your feet wet. This is the time, man. This is when a lot of... Look, I'll let you guys behind the curtain a little bit on this one. This is when a lot of people are deciding maybe this world isn't for them. Attrition, life, whatever. So this is when places are bringing people on. You have a little bit of an upper hand here. Your competition to get that last roster slot is lower right now, even though I know all of you are going to just completely disregard what I'm saying and then try to apply to be a fantasy analyst on, like, opening day of next season when no one in their right mind has time to go through an application. I don't have time to read an application on opening day. It's too damn busy. So do it now. This is the time. DFS full season contributors hit me up. You got to be ready to bust your butt, though. This isn't... Like, you can't just be an analyst and screw around for a couple hours every once in a while. That's not how it works. you got to be good. Okay. 
We got a lot to cover, so I don't want to waste too much time on other stuff. I'll take a break at some point in the middle of this show and remind you guys that the reason we can do these free podcasts is because of our delightful sponsors. But here we're at. It's May or it's uh, April the 16th. We're exactly one month. That's why I got May in my noggin from the end of the NBA season on May the 16th. And so that's why, you know, in addition to it being a Friday and we have the weekend for everybody to sort of let this episode sit on their head, felt like a good day to do it. Starting with the Atlanta Hawks, who don't play today and don't play tomorrow. Not a great team to start with from a streaming perspective, but plenty of opportunities for the Hawks after this little uh, slow spell, we'll call it. This is actually a really good opportunity for Atlanta to, to get a little rested up for what's going to be a tough stretch for the Hawks. Starting on April the 20th, mark that down on your sheet right now, April the 20th, the Hawks go back-to-back, off-game-off, back-to-back, off-game-off, back-to-back, off-game-off, back-to-back again. That's through May the 6th. That's a span of, I believe, 17 days where the Hawks go 5-7 and seven, and then built into that second back-to-back, another 5-7, and seven, and they do that three times. So it's back-to-back. One with a buffer, back-to-back, one with a buffer, back-to-back, one with a buffer, back-to-back again. They have, they have four sets of back-to-backs over that stretch. And amazingly, only three solo games, meaning no back-to-back, over that stretch. So the Hawks have a beautiful stretch of scheduling coming up. It just happens to not start until after this weekend is over. So this is not your time to pick up a Hawk. Your, your time to pick up an Atlanta Hawk is Tuesday of next week. And you want to talk about long streaming, you can long stream them for the rest of next week, all of the week after that, and the first four days of the following week. So that's a 17-day stretch where the Hawks have 11 games. That's about as good as it's going to get. 11 games on, six games off, or six days off. That's crazy. That's so many basketball games. Over 17 days. You simply will not, although I guess there is a team that goes four games in five days at at one point later this year. I've already forgotten which one it is, but we'll get to it soon enough. After May the 6th, the Hawks are off for three days, and then they have four games during that final week if your league goes that far. But that, of course, means that it's just four games over 10 days. Same number of days off over those 10 as they had over the previous 17. That tells you how good that 17-day stretch is. So you want to talk about long streaming. Kevin Herter is in the mix on that long stream. Even guys like Lou Williams. If guys come back for Atlanta, that does shake things up a little bit. So that throws it out of whack. But I don't see DeAndre Hunter anytime soon. I don't think Cam Reddish is coming back anytime soon. Uh, John Collins, you know, maybe he's back at some point during that stretch if he is okay I mean that's probably why I wouldn't stream Solomon Hill that's that's probably the cutoff point there but what if you get good news on Danilo Gallinari at any point over the next few days he's been dropped in a number of spots so you have and this is I'm going to try to do it a little bit faster for uh for some of the other teams on our list today I just I kind of wanted to give you guys an example of how we're going to go through this stuff and the Hawks get bonus treatment because they're the first one on the list but basically this is what i would do and this is what i have done is you go to a team whether it's yahoo 
you know, whatever ranking page you use, Yahoo's the easiest because you, you may have your league there already. And look at anyone that's inside the top 200 over the last month. And Lou Williams actually doesn't make it inside the top 200 over the last month. So it's, it's questionable to some degree how far down the board you go. But, uh, or wait, am I getting that wrong? Let me, let me triple check myself on this one. I, I have, I got to change the settings on the damn page that I'm using. And that's what screws me up on some of this stuff. Um, last month, yeah, he's 255. So, you know, a lot of the Hawks are going to be rostered already, which makes them a tougher sell in this one. Cause you're probably going as far down as Herder is probably the best guy. That's not rostered on a lot of Hawks. Gallo is possibly not rostered. It's been dropping since he's missed now three ball games in a row. Uh, he's already, you know, he got ruled out pretty early for yesterday's ball game. So I don't, I don't know that he's coming back anytime soon. Solomon Hill has seen a bump since Gallo's been out, but that could disrupt that a little bit. So the Hawks, not a ton of options in the streaming department because of how heavily rostered a lot of these guys are, but I would say someone like a Herder or, you know, even a Lou Williams creeps into the discussion a little bit, more so a Herder than Lou. And that's why you look for teams that are playing a ton of games for a long time in a row. Brooklyn is the next team on the list. And we're, we're doing this for 30, guys, so again, buckle up. This is a little bit of an easier one. Brooklyn's schedule really doesn't have a ton of uh, true clustering the rest of the way. So Brooklyn is a spot where... If you're looking to stream, it's a much shorter iteration than what we were talking about with Atlanta. And for that reason, I, you know, I, uh, Brooklyn, this is not, I just realized this wasn't an alphabetical order. Boston should have been coming next on the list and it ended up going by abbreviation in, <laughs> instead of by actual city name, but whatever, just bear with me on this one. So Brooklyn, um, because their schedule isn't, built for the long stream you don't have to plan that far ahead they play today and they play sunday of this week and then they go tuesday wednesday of next week but they don't have another back-to-back after that until the 29th and 30th which is thursday friday of the following week and then only one other back-to-back in the final week of the season so they have three back-to-backs the rest of the way we already mentioned uh atlanta actually has five which is a lot. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's all you really need to look at. If you don't go any farther than that and just say, oh, well, this team, one of these teams only has three back-to-backs, the other one has five, the one that has five is probably going to have more streaming opportunities. And with Brooklyn, maybe more on the Roto side, you might get, if we find out certain guys are resting or out or whatever, you might see someone like a Bruce Brown surface for a back-to-back, something like that. But it's not a team that I'm hunting for uh, my head-to-head streams, because I, I want a long stream. I want to be holding a guy at least for four days, and there are a couple of those for Brooklyn. You know, they got that three and four days thing uh, twice the rest of the way, depending on you know what side of the back-to-back you're looking at. So Brooklyn, not much. Not much. Their schedule is fine. It's actually not very good the last two weeks. You only have seven games the last two weeks. A lot of the teams have more like eight or nine in that stretch. Uh, but you know, it's fine between now and then they have two games arrested this week for each of the next two weeks, but they're just not, they're spread out in a way that doesn't really afford you a fantastic streaming opportunity. They like Atlanta 
have a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. But unlike Atlanta, you go over that same 17-day stretch, and uh, Brooklyn, they're they're down at least one game, I believe. Yeah, I think they're only 10 over that stretch. Now, again, some of that was the clustering element of it, but you want to be able to maximize your games played. So for Brooklyn, again, this is a team to me where you're looking more at um, yeah, the, the guys that are up and over the cut line by quite a bit. And let me go back to Atlanta for just a second, too. And, and I promise we'll move through the teams a little bit faster. You don't have to hold a Hawk for all 17 days. But once you pick one up, you should hold him for a week. Because five and seven is terrific. And you know what you could also do with the Hawks? If you wanted to dodge one of those, you know, one game in three days scenarios, is you could pick up a Hawk on April 20th, hold him through the 26th, drop him, pick him back up on the 30th for another 5-7. and seven. So yes, that now creates two moves instead of one, but you've now gotten 10 games in 14 days. There's really nothing else quite like that sensation. That's a whopper. Boston, they actually have a one, one really nice scheduling spot the rest of the way. It is starting on Thursday of next week, and going through Wednesday of the following week. So April the 22nd through April the 28th, that's where you're looking at potential Boston Celtics streams. That's a 5-7 and stretch for them, and that's really what you should be looking for. You don't have to go longer than seven days. It uh, it doesn't tend to be quite as advantageous. I mean, just think about what I said. Like, you get five in the first seven of our Atlanta discussion. You get six in the next ten because of that three-day not a blip, really, but it's one game over three days. If you eliminate that and make it a two-move situation, that's how we got to 10 games in 14 days, and that's why with Boston, we're talking about a 5-7 and seven as well. Boston's another team where most of the good players are rostered already. Tatum, Brown, Time Lord, Kemba, Smart are pretty much on. They're rostered pretty much everywhere. Uh, the guys that could, and obviously we'd have to see him come back first, the guy that could actually be an interesting pickup there would be Evan Fournier. He's been dropped in a bunch of spots. Tristan Thompson, 5-7, and seven, would actually be worthwhile because five games, even in his 22-ish minute backup role, uh, five games, he'll get you about 35 rebounds in a week, which is pretty good. Don't think about the averages so much there. Think about what that does in total for your team. He'll get you about 40 points, 35 rebounds, probably about eight assists, probably about two steals and four blocks over those seven days. That's pretty good. Compare that to someone with three or four games over their seven days, and he probably beats them. A three-gamer would have to average about 13, 14 points and about 11 to 12 rebounds. You're not going to find that guy on the wire. But you will find Tristan Thompson out there for a 5-7. and seven. So he's on the list. I don't think that I would move anyone else down. Like, most of the Celtics guys are clearly above the cut line or below it. Uh, and Thompson, to me, is kind of the only one that falls anywhere near it, besides maybe Evan Fournier. Charlotte. They have uh, the same, actually, 5-7 and seven as Boston, starting next week on the 22nd, running through the 28th. But Charlotte actually, after two days off, starts another one of those on May the 1st. So they have a pair of 5-7s, and sevens, just like the Atlanta Hawks do, 
a much clearer pair because you're not going to want to hold a, a Hornet for the two off days on the 29th and 30th. Uh, so if you're looking at a Hornet, you're probably not picking them up until Thursday of next week when they take on Chicago in Chicago. Or if you missed that one, you could get them on May 1st, which is Saturday of the week after that. Charlotte's interesting because there are uh, more names that fall near the cut line. Guys that are going to be on everybody's roster right now are Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, and Miles Bridges. Those guys are on rosters. Lonzo Ball, Gordon Hayward are both out right now, and we haven't heard much in the way of timetables. Uh, Jalen McDaniels would be a very clear stream. P.J. Washington, if he's back, is streamable. Cody Zeller, five uh, games in seven days, would be streamable. He'll be kind of a similar production level to what we just talked about, about Tristan Thompson. They won't be all that far apart. And if we get any good word on Malik Monk, although right now it doesn't look like it's happening, he would also probably fall into that mix. The guy that I would eliminate that you could make a tiny argument for would be Bismack Biombo. I think he'll he'll generally do more to hurt you than help you. Um, Biz, even while playing a few more minutes lately, is still well outside the top 200. I think Zeller's the guy... And then if anyone else in that grouping I mentioned already of, of you know, McDaniels, Washington, if any of those guys gets dropped between now and then, that's another streamable player. And this is, again, this is twice. The Chicago Bulls, their first packet starts today. If you're going to stream a bull, today's the day to do it. They are a streamable, streamable. Was that fun? No, that was not fun. I did it anyway, though. Starts today. Bulls on a 5-7 and seven starting tonight. And with the Zach Levine news, there's stuff. There's stuff. Uh, guys like Kobe White, who had basically vanished, moved back into stream territory. Lowry Markinen, Troy Brown Jr., Daniel Tice, Thad Young, Patrick Williams, Tomas Sadoransky. I would stream any of those guys for the next seven days with no Zach Levine because so much usage just came off the table and it's going somewhere. Kobe White's been awful lately. Troy Brown Jr. hasn't really played enough to do much. Larry Markinen's been terrible as well. Tice has actually been trending up a little bit lately, so pretty it's an easier argument to be made on him. Um, Patrick Williams, just because he's playing a ton of minutes, you give him five days? Absolutely. So yeah, I go all the way down the board, even as far as Markinen, who has done next to nothing, but he's going to have to do a little bit more. Everybody's going to have to do a little bit more. But that's as far as I'm going with that stream. Vooch, you just start whenever. He's like the one clear go in all of this stuff. But then the rest of that list, get him fired up today. Get him fired up today if you're already in your playoffs in particular. Cleveland, they have their 5-7 and seven starting on Sunday of next week. And then they have another one after two days off on May the 4th, which is the Tuesday of the penultimate week of the fantasy season. So they're not in a great spot at the moment. They don't play today. They go every other day starting tomorrow until that Sunday. So if you're looking at a Cavalier, that would be the time to do it, April the 25th. It's a wonderful move to make, too, because you not only get a game on the last day of the week, so drop someone on Sunday next week that isn't playing in favor of a Cavalier that is, then you don't have to do anything with that guy for a week. On the Cleveland side, they're reincorporating some people, but I would still argue that Isaac Okoro is a streamable asset 
over that week. Um, I think you can probably downgrade Dean Wade out of that group with Nance and uh, and Allen back in there and Love playing. Also worth noting, by the way, Kevin Love probably going to sit out some of those back-to-backs, which opens up more for Taurian Prince. Isaiah Hartenstein probably still sees the floor. So Cavaliers, again, this is not until next Sunday, so we'll probably know more about what they have going on between now and then, and that's useful because, again, they're going every other day between now and next Sunday. Uh, but when you get to that day, once we know who's actually in and who's out for the team, you can make a pretty good call on who you're streaming. If it goes the way I think it does, there are a few guys that are very clearly above the cut line, and they will be by next Sunday. Nance, Allen, uh, Garland, Sexton, those guys are very clearly above the cut line on this team. Love is, but he'll probably sit some games, so that puts him into the do-I-or-don't-I category. I think Prince... You could probably stream next Sunday. Again, I'm guessing because we're nine days out, but stream uh, Prince, Okoro, Hartenstein. Those are the guys I think I probably put above the board there. And then uh, whatever you end up doing. I I think Dean Wade probably is a no, but we'll see. We'll get more data on that between now and then. I mean, maybe he is if love sits. The Mavericks... Uh, they have a uh, an array of games. Mavericks have one of the best schedules in the NBA starting on Wednesday of next week. If you can hold out until the 21st, then it's just go time for Dallas because they have that 5-7, five 5-7, and 5-7 seven, five and seven, five and seven thing going kind of like the Hawks did. But believe it or not, theirs goes, I think, even farther? Or is it to the same point? Atlanta had one, two, three, four back-to-backs between April 20th and May the 6th. The Mavericks have one, two, three, four, five back-to-backs between April 21st and May 12th. They have multiple, one, two, three, four different spots where you could pick up a Maverick and get five games in seven nights. That's glorious. I mean, I guess you could argue to just hold them all the way through, but you can dodge some of those pockets in between the five and sevens if you want and it gives you options of when you actually want to make the moves on these guys of course the problem with dallas is that all of their stream guys are wings some and your league probably is going to be different depending on who's actually on or not on a team uh the guys that fall into that category dorian finney smith jalen brunson josh richardson maxi kleba tim hardaway jr i think are the five stream guys I would look at for Dallas when they have those five and sevens. That's what I would look at starting again uh, middle of next week and then a bunch of opportunities after that. Denver, starting on the 23rd, they have a five and seven, but it's their only one. They do play four of the six days at the very end of the season. That's something you're looking for, but I'm always looking for five and seven if I can get it. Uh, So that's starting on Friday of next week. And I think you'll probably see some nuggets that actually crack this board because of the Jamal Murray injury. So Facundo Campazzo, Monte Morris, Will Barton. Could Jamichael Green actually crack that? Probably not. So it's probably those three that we just mentioned a moment ago. About as far as down the board as you need to go. Uh, Some of those guys are, are rostered. I would venture to say over-rostered and will probably get dropped because they're not very exciting, and that'll open them up for you to stream them. So, cool beans. 
Detroit, there's another one that starts today. If you're dreaming a piston, today's the day to do it. And theirs is weird, too. I mean, the Pistons are hard. I might tell you to just avoid them altogether because who the hell plays in every back-to-back so far? They do have another 5-7. and seven. That's actually just one week. It's a Monday through Sunday, second to last week of the season, May the 3rd. So there are two opportunities if you want to get on the Detroit stream. I would offer caution on the Pistons because there are only a couple of guys that are actually playing in back-to-backs right now. Sadiq Bey is playing in back-to-backs. It seems like Josh Jackson is playing in back-to-backs, but his minutes have been bouncing around a little bit depending on the other guys that are in or out for the team. Isaiah Stewart is playing in back-to-backs for Detroit, and that's about it. It seems like Diallo might be, but his minutes are being sort of artificially pushed down the board, and so I don't think that I would venture into that one. So I think your streamers for Detroit... And you may want to abandon ship if you're in head-to-head and you have someone like a Mason Plumley who's going to sit out. And he'll play three of those five games, probably. Jeremy Grant, I guess you can stick with... I mean, he hasn't been very good lately, but Grant's been... Grant had such a nice stretch to start the year. If he gets his efficiency back at all, you could make the argument that three out of him is actually still worthwhile. Uh, Corey Joseph, he's now sitting out back-to-back. So if you're streaming a piston, it probably has to be Josh Jackson or Isaiah Stewart, or Sadiq Bey. And this, again, is more of the head-to-head, because if you're in Roto Games Cap, you're, you know, you'll, you'll toss the guys in there that have actually been pretty good, and uh, Grant and Plumlee still fall into that. So again, this is, this is a head-to-head streamer guide. The Warriors do not have a 5-7 and seven the rest of the way. So if you're streaming them, you're looking at more so on the Roto side. And yeah, there are some guys there that fit the the bill on the the roto side, but we're I'm not I try not to go too deep into that right now because you've you've gotten a lot of that over the rest of this well year. Um, and you know the names from earlier this week. Listen to the shows from earlier this week. We've been talking about who actually makes the cut for a roto stream, whether or not they actually have the uh, quantity of games played you're looking for. Houston, they go 5-7 and seven starting on Sunday of this week. It's their only one of those, so don't miss your chance if you want to do it. Uh, that starts in Orlando on the 18th. The Rockets have been um, pretty easy to handicap lately, which also makes them difficult to find a streamer on. I think the one player you could look at as a maybe would be K.J. Martin. D.J. Augustine getting hurt. That took him out of the running. Sterling Brown's been out. I guess Daniel House could resurface at some point, but I wouldn't hold my breath out. And if you're streaming, you want to make sure you're getting someone who's playing. So you're really looking at Martin as the only real possibility there, and that's got to be field goal percent and blocks, basically. And then, I mean, there's a smattering of rebounds, but there's really not a whole lot going on there besides block shots. So... That's got to be your target there. You need to be looking and thinking, okay, block shots is going to be something that I'm going to struggle with next week. I'll take my blocks at the end of this week, and I'll roll that all the way through to Saturday. But Houston, not too loaded up at the moment. Indiana had one that started on uh, this last Tuesday, the 13th, and they have another 5-7 and seven that starts on May the 5th. Between those, schedule's not actually very good. For the Pacers. Uh, next week they play Monday, Wednesday, and then they're off two days. So they do have four games in the week. But the Pacers are really much better. 
if you're, say, right on the cusp of losing, you just need a quick back-to-back over the weekend. They're one of the few teams that plays Saturday, Sunday of next week. But then just the three-game week, the following seven days, and you know, it's, it doesn't bode well for them uh, in terms of streamability. Also, Miles Turner and uh, Doug McDermott, who missing today's day game, weirdo day game in Utah right now, that's happening as we record this podcast, those guys are close to coming back. So whatever we think we might find from today's game, you know, Jeremy Lamb having a better one, Justin Holiday, maybe he plays a little bit better, you're, you're kind of stuck. If you don't have them already, you're waiting until May 5th to even consider it. And that would be only, by the way, their schedule is actually very good from that point because they do have five games the last seven days of the year. But your, your season also needs to go to the end for that to be worthwhile. Because you're not going to pick them up for the, that three and four day stretch of the second to last week of the season, uh, if your season is over on that Sunday, because there's sort of no point. You'd move on before then. So Indy's not the best option if you weren't already streaming them. This today's the middle game of their five and seven. Clippers, uh, terrible schedule. The rest of the way, actually. They're, they're brutal. Um, they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday of next week, and that's about as close as you get to something good from the Clippers. I, I would say don't even bother. Don't bother targeting them for streams. They have three straight weeks of only three games. That's bad. I mean, nine games over 21 days, no matter how when you cut it, isn't good. And they actually don't play the first day of that last week. So if your season goes to the very end, they go nine games, uh, and there's a day off before that stretches. They really go nine games over 23 days horrendous horrendous stretch the Clippers are only worth using if you need a quickie back-to-back fix and I wouldn't recommend that unless you have a ton of moves you can use on any given week Lakers also have kind of a crummy schedule the rest of the way although they do have one five and seven built in and that's between May 6th and May the 12th by then I'd expect LeBron and AD to be sort of back but also probably sitting out back-to-backs I don't think we need to plan that far ahead for the Lakers so we can kind of zoom through the LA teams To get to the Grizzlies, who, like the Mavericks, have one of the most loaded-up schedules the rest of the way. Theirs is uh, clustered even more towards the back end of the season. So the Grizzlies' schedule actually isn't that great. They do have a back-to-back today and tomorrow, so I guess that's something. Uh, But then they go four games over the next eight days. However, the last of those four starts a 5-7. and Then they have that little break in between. Then they've got another 5-7. and seven. They actually have a 7-10 in 10 in that stretch as well. So if your season goes to the very end of the year, you should be adding every Grizzly you can on May the 5th. On May the 5th through May the 14th, seven games in 10 days for the Grizz. That's huge. And if your season doesn't go all the way to the end, you can still look at some Grizzly streams starting on April 30th or on April 25th next Sunday. We're not quite ready to fire up the Grizzlies, but starting on next Sunday, that's when you should begin to think about targeting some of these guys. And they have plenty of fringe dudes that are streamable. Desmond Bain is streamable. We're seeing Brandon Clark getting dropped in some spots. Uh, Dylan Brooks. We're talking head-to-head again right now. Grayson Allen. um, Tyus Jones probably is ever so slightly above that marker. Five and seven is, is... a monster of a stretch. A lot of guys can do a lot of stuff with five games in seven days. In head-to-head. Again, head-to-head. Stressing. Miami's in the middle of it right now. Um, 
you're not going to make a move today. You should have grabbed a heat on Tuesday of this week. We mentioned that. But if you didn't, you can grab one on Sunday because that's another five and seven. So the Heat have this little back-to-back five and seven thing going on there. That'll take you through Saturday of next week. They're a really good team to uh, to deal with if you're if you're already in your playoffs. They've been a really nice stream this week. If you don't have them, actually, if you if you stream if you're streaming a Heat right now, you should probably drop them after Monday of next week because then they have three games uh, over the following six days. And it really just has to do with when you add and when you drop these guys. But if you don't have a heat already, starting on Sunday, so this podcast is very relevant to that, that's a great time to consider going and adding one. Kendrick Nunn would be a great stream. Trevor Ariza has been streamable lately. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, although he's going to probably sit out some back-to-back. So take him off the list. The hell with Goran Dragic. A lot of names on the heat, though, that you could grab on Sunday that will cart you through the beginning, or really most of next week. We got some stuff going on there. I don't know how Trevor Ariza's been useful lately, but apparently he has been, and so he he hits the mark as well. We're rolling along here, folks. We're as far as Miami, and that makes me want to stop and tell you guys, please go get a fantasy pass, guys. You got one month left in the season, so it's the perfect time to get yourself a fantasy pass for $4.99 at hoop-ball.com. It's one month of access. You get yourself into our Discord. You can bug me about this streaming stuff. You can bug the rest of our incredible pros over at HoopBall. It's so worth it. Go to hoop-ball.com, click on the premium tab, get a fantasy pass, and just try it out for one month. Maybe you'll keep it going in the offseason so you have first access to everything we put out. Even if you don't, I can almost promise you'll love it and you'll want to come back and get it for next year also. $4.99 for a month. That'll get you right to the end of the regular season. Today's the perfect day to do it. Or over the weekend. Cart you through, people. I'm not doing this streamer uh, primer every week, by the way. This is the big one. And then we're going to be going sort of day by day after that. At which point, you're probably going to have questions about your team, which guys you should consider streaming. Fantasy Pass Discord is the place to do it. Milwaukee. They got a couple of five and seven opportunities the rest of the way. Bucks are in a terrible scheduling patch as of this very moment. They play just three games over the next eight days. Plenty of time off for them to get right. But then, starting on Saturday of next week, the Bucks are actually a wonderful club to jump on. By the way, it's also really good to plot out your five and sevens so that they line up with one another, if at all possible. So, like... And the Bucks are, are probably not going to line up with anybody because uh, no one goes back-to-back this weekend of this week, which means there is no 5-7 and seven that ends on uh, Saturday of next week. But I bet you got someone on your team who, I don't know, maybe they're just not playing as well anymore, and it's time to get real ruthless and look at the Bucks on Saturday of next week. But hey, maybe you don't want to do the Bucks on, on that day? Well, lucky you. You can start them up on Thursday of the following week. April the 29th. Bobby Portis is, uh, he falls into that streaming department on Milwaukee. And not too many other guys do. Um, You could maybe make an argument for Pat Connaughton, who's been better lately. But that's a pretty starter-heavy unit. Did P.J. Tucker play? Yeah, he played in their last ballgame. How about that? Didn't even notice. Dante DiVincenzo got dropped in a league? Oh, that's surprising. 
guess he hasn't been very good lately, but boy. Yeah, so anyway, I don't know. Maybe he gets dropped in one of your leagues. There are not going to be many on that team, though. Minnesota, uh, not a great schedule the rest of the way, actually, and their streaming options are a little clunky right now while everybody's sort of figuring out who's supposed to go where. D'Angelo Russell's going to be ramping up. He'll be on the right side of the cut line. Cat will be on the right side of the cut line. Anthony Edwards will probably also be on the right side of the cut line. I'm not thinking anybody else on Minnesota is worth using pretty much the rest of the way unless you're hunting that quick hitter back-to-back. Like maybe you hunt Rubio down for back-to-back assists. But again, know you're going to be using moves more frequently with that team. New Orleans, uh, kind of a bad schedule coming up here over the next week and a half. Their schedule gets good with a 5-7 and seven starting on April the 28th. And they do have some guys on that club that are hanging out in that stream department. Uh, James Johnson, streamable. Steven Adams, who's way over-rostered. He's been terrible this year. He should have been streamed pretty much from the get-go. Uh, Eric Bledsoe's been dropped in a lot of spots. He'll be streamable over those five games in seven days. And then keep an eye on whether or not anybody comes back, like uh, Kerry Lewis Jr. He's, he's back, but he's not playing very much right now. Willie Hernan Gomez isn't really playing. Jackson Hayes has been seeing a little bit more playing time lately. So watch that. And, and because we do have some time before they creep into the mix as interesting, we may have more data by that Wednesday start point. Knicks have a bad schedule the rest of the way completely. So there's almost no point. Their schedule's terrible. Really bad. Oklahoma City, they're in the middle of a 5-7, and seven, and then they actually have a beautiful five-game week. Not next week, but the week after that. They're, they're a tough sell, though, because uh, if you go in on Oklahoma City, you have to know that some of those guys are going to be resting on back-to-backs, and Shea might come back, uh, and Dort rested on a back-to-back. Does Darius Baisley end up resting on any back-to-backs going forward? That's a... When you, when you get involved, and, and, you know, the funny thing is with these bad teams, that's where we're always looking for some sort of value, but they're also the ones doing weird stuff and tanking. Tony Bradley appears to be playing in back-to-backs, but not everybody else is. Isaiah Roby played in a back-to-back, so he's probably streamable. Uh, Baisley did play in their back-to-back, so I guess you could consider a stream on him. Ty Jerome did. Did Maladon play in that back-to-back? Yeah, he did. Theo Maladon. Okay, so, I mean, the percentages are terrible on these guys, and that's a that's a tough thing to overcome. Moses Brown is a guy you're, you're rolling with regardless, and then if Shea came back, he would also be a guy you roll with. I, I do think when they hit their 5-7, and seven, uh, you probably dodge Dort unless... Oh, man, I don't, I don't think I can recommend taking a shot on that. Although we'll know, because they play Sunday, Monday of this week. That'll give us some more data on whether or not that's the end of a 5-7 and seven for them. And so that may give us some information on who plays in their next 5-7 and seven that, uh, that week after next. Right now, my guess would be that Dort probably sits out some of those games. And it looks like uh, Brown, Bradley, Roby, Baisley, Jerome, uh, and Maladon, it looks like they're all maybe playing in them. But not all of those guys are even good enough to be streamed. We'll get back to that one. We'll look for some more data. Orlando, they got 5-7 and seven starting on Sunday of next week. Really nice spot to pick up a Magic because they have some guys that are worth streaming. However, between now and then, they are not worth grabbing. Who's a streamer 
potential streamer on the Orlando Magic, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're doing that on this podcast as fast as my little legs will carry me. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. is above the fold. And that's it right now. He's the only one that's truly above the fold. James Ennis is streamable. Chuma Okiki is absolutely streamable. And if you're in a keeper or dynasty league, you want to sit on him. And Roto League, you want to sit on him as well. Because I do think he's going to get it clicked back in. He's on a bad shooting spell at the moment. Okiki should be good to go. Cole Anthony's stream. If Bamba's healthy, he's probably a stream, although it's not clear he'll play in every game. Gary Harris is a possible stream. Now, the problem here is that Orlando doesn't have a back-to-back before they get to that 5-7. and seven. So we don't know which guys on the team will get parts of those back-to-backs off. So you're, you're rolling the dice a little bit on a Harris or a Ross or a Bamba or really anyone who's older or has shown Michael Carter-Williams also uh, any wear and tear whatsoever. So that's a dangerous team to gamble on. It seems like James Ennis is going to play in back-to-backs. So I guess you could call that safe. Okiki actually sat out part of their recent back-to-back, but it was actually a hip bruise. So I'm going to assume he's fine because he played in the previous one. Bamba played in their back-to-back, but then was hurt and couldn't finish the second half of it. So there's that element as well. Gary Harris uh, did not play in their last back-to-back, so presumably he would continue to sit one out. T. Ross did in a weird twist. So keep all of that in the back of your mind. We'll be making our decisions based on some of that data. Philly's got five and seven, but not until May the 2nd, and they don't have that many streaming options on that team anyway. Uh, maybe a Firkin Korkamaz when you get down to a thigh bull if you want to try to pile up some defensive stats. They're not bad if you wanted to go Philly to start this coming week. Monday through Saturday, they got four games, so that leaves Sunday open. And we had already talked earlier in the show about, I think it was Memphis that starts a 5-7 and seven on Sunday. Cleveland starts a 5-7 and seven on Sunday. Atlanta starts a 5-7 and seven on Sunday of next week. We're talking about next week. So there are ways to pair these up if you want to go four and six days on one team and then transition that to a 5-7. and seven. And now that ends up with 11 games in, what, I, what, what is that? 15 days? No, 13 days. No, that's not right. Nine games in 13 days. Sorry. So that's not bad. Nine and 13. One move in the middle there. How about Portland? They got a five and seven starting on April the 27th. That's actually part of a triplet. So April 27th, May 2nd, and May 7th are all chances to get in on Blazers. Or... If you wanted to roll Blazers starting on Tuesday of next week, not a horrible idea. Let's say you have somebody playing on Monday who doesn't have a great schedule the rest of the way. You could pick up a Blazer, and you could hold them for a while if you wanted to. It's not the greatest schedule. Six games over, I guess that's, what, uh, nine days? Six game over nine days? So not as good as five and seven. Seven plus a you know one on and one off kind of thing. Uh, but that's not bad. And then if you wanted to at that point, you could drop them and then you could leap back on for uh, a later 5-7. and seven. So Portland has a couple of options here. I don't know why I went Portland instead of Phoenix. It's that same thing. I've got my stuff cataloged by city abbreviation as opposed to uh, 
the actual name name of the team. Uh, whatever, just deal with it. That's I probably did it at some point earlier. Besides the Brooklyn Boston one. Uh, on the Portland side, um, you know, if, if someone drops in as Cantor, like let's say Nurk continues to get better here and Cantor gets faded, he's an, a potential stream. Carmelo is probably a potential stream. That might be about as far as you go with the Blazers. There aren't that many great options for them. Kings, terrible schedule rest of the way. I know they got some four-game weeks mixed in there, but there are no clusters. There are no clusters. And... Uh, they're in a, a particularly brutal spell after last night's loss in Phoenix. Brutal in that they just don't play very much. Uh, they have three games over the next nine days. That's a lot of time off. So you're definitely not doing anything with the Kings over the next nine days. And if you are, they go Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. So you'd want to abandon ship again after that. And there's a you know there's an argument to be made that it's not the worst time in the world to grab like an Hassan Whiteside for that four days, assuming Rashawn Holmes comes back after that. But what if Holmes comes back in the middle of it? Then you end up with Whiteside doing nothing for one or two of those games. That's rough. I don't know, man. I think I'm out on that one. Spurs, they start a 5-7 and seven tonight. This is your chance if you wanted to get in on San Antonio. I don't know that you would. Because <laughs> there really isn't much going on there outside of the sort of core dudes with the Spurs, but there are a couple of stream-adjacent guys you could look at. Rudy Gay is kind of just below it. Patty Mills is just below it. Lonnie Walker coming back is just below it. Keldon Johnson, who should have been dropped and hasn't been in that many spots, he's actually the guy that I would say is your 5-7 and seven streamer for San Antonio starting tonight. He's the one. The rest of them is a Big old meh. And uh, the Spurs actually have another one on May 7th, but again, you're, that takes you into the final week of the year. So if it goes that far, yeah, you know, keep an eye on it. But um, in between there, the schedule is fine at best. It's not terrible. That's the best thing you can say about it. Raptors have a real mess of a schedule until Monday of the 26th. So 10 days from now, they have a five-game week. That's a great time to get a Raptor, but I don't think I need to tell you that. Uh, things are going to be weird in Toronto, too. So uh, who the hell knows who's even going to be playing for this team? Malachi Flynn is a guy you probably target for that day. Here's the problem, though. Uh, everybody that's trying to hang on to Raptors next week in their two-gamer, they're probably that means that these guys are probably going to be on rosters already. If you're in a league where someone on the Raptors is getting dropped because of the two-gamer, great. Then they'll probably be the guy you target and you stay up until 12 o'clock and two seconds on that Monday morning to make your move in head-to-head. The only name that would jump out to me as someone who might be floating around and available would be Kem Birch, who looks like he's going to get to do some stuff. He's probably not going to be that great, but he's definitely a 5-7 and seven stream-worthy guy. Everyone else above him on the board here, Ananobi, Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet, Trent, like all these guys are all going to be on rosters already, I would assume. We'll see, I guess. Utah, uh, not a not a good schedule. Jazz don't have much in the way of streaming opportunities. They have two weeks in a row, not next week, but the one after that, where they go Monday through Saturday, four games, each of two straight weeks. So that's not the worst spot, but that also means you're probably using moves on Monday. I don't like to use moves on Monday. That's why I love the long stream that stretches over the end of the week because you're able to take your moves into the middle of the following week 
And then you can adjust your team based on what categories were within your sites. That's especially useful in your finals week because then you could just go hog wild at the very end. So Utah, blech, not much there. Washington, they have a 5-7 and seven starting on April the 30th. And in between now and then, they actually have a back-to-back today and tomorrow, so not the worst situation in the world. Uh, they have six games over the next 10 days. Oh, excuse me, I missed one thing for Washington. Next Sunday, the 25th, they actually start a 5-7. and seven. That is sort of that back-to-back 5-7 and seven opportunity there. So if you're looking at Wizards, you're probably looking at Sunday of next week to carry you through Saturday of the week after that, and then you pair that up with, you know, we talked about San Antonio. They've got a 5-7 and seven at that point. Portland... There's a number of teams that actually go 5-7 and seven starting on the uh, May 2nd. But you got to get there first. So uh, Washington, you know, they're fine if you need a back-to-back here at the end of this week, but it's not my favorite. I'd rather try to get something fired up. So if you're doing a stream starting today, if you want to be doing the long stream thing with yours truly, uh, the teams that we've gone over that fit that mold are Chicago, they're 5-7 and seven starting today. Detroit is 5-7 and seven starting today, but also a lot of things to worry about with that team. That's, that's a scary bunch with as many rest guys are, are falling in. And the San Antonio Spurs. So that's what you're doing if you're starting it today. Personally, as I now turn this show back towards kind of what I was gearing up for, my playoffs generally start next week. Most of my leagues... Our 12 teams, 16 make the playoffs, and cut out the last week. That's the way most of them have gone. So, if that's the way you're at, and let's say this week is not of critical importance to your team, what you should be looking for are (sighs) the best players that play the most games at the beginning of next week which are basically any teams that go three in the first four days of next week. Because there are no teams next week that go five and seven. You can't make moves on Monday to get a five and seven. And if this week, again, is not of critical importance to you, you should make your moves right now to set yourself up for Monday the 19th. So over this weekend, look at the teams next week that go three games the first four days of the week. Because at that point, you can then start to pivot into the long stream a little bit better. Teams that go three games the first four days next week are Chicago, which makes a lot of sense because we just told you they're doing the uh, the five and seven. Detroit, same thing. San Antonio, who we also mentioned. But luckily, there are some teams that weren't in a five to seven that also get lumped in there. Phoenix and Philadelphia also go three games in the first four days of next week. So that's a couple other streamable options. I think Chicago is probably your treasure trove at the beginning of next week. Daniel Tice we talked about, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, uh, Tomas Sadoransky. I think that's a wonderful place to start for streamers to build your beginning of your playoff run next week. And then what you start to look at is look at April 23rd and look at seven days following that moment. Denver goes 5-7 and seven after that day. And they are, believe it or not, the only one. So starting on Thursday of next week, Denver is a really interesting team because they go back-to-back 
uh, Friday, Saturday of next week. They're off on Sunday of next week, and then they go three of the first four days the following week. So this is how you build out your long stream. But guess what? Maybe there aren't three long streamable guys on the Nuggets you want to pick up, or maybe you don't need guards. You know, like, let's say you were streaming uh, Daniel Tice and Kobe White next week because you think those guys are picking it up a little bit, or maybe you're streaming Larry Markinen or something like that. And maybe you need rebounds. Perhaps Denver going 5-7 and seven isn't the best way to use your roster move. It would be optimal, but guess what? You haven't used any of your moves already. And maybe you have three streaming slots. Like, maybe you have four moves still on Friday of next week. You've got your whole collection of moves because you set yourself up to get a bunch of guys that had three the first four days. That actually gives you uh, some nice leeway. Because you could now turn one of your slots into a Denver long stream. Let's say you go Facundo Campazzo for assists and steals uh, and maybe a couple of three balls mixed in there. Great. Great. That'll set you up in a, in a nice spot. But you still got three moves left and you still have two slots that you had sort of deemed to be streamers. Okay, well, what do we do from there? Well... You could look at back-to-backs on Friday, Saturday next week, which Denver obviously is one of them. Houston also. Miami has a back-to-back Friday, Saturday of next week. So suddenly now those guys enter the mix as possible pickups for one or both of your two remaining streamer slots. And if you pick up... Oh, who the hell cares at this point? Let's say you pick up a rocket and you go KJ Martin. Then you make another move on Sunday of next week with that roster slot, and now you're looking at a bunch of options for 5-7. and seven. Atlanta goes 5-7. and seven. Cleveland goes 5-7. and seven. Memphis goes 5-7 and seven over that stretch. Orlando goes 5-7 and seven over that stretch. Washington. I mean, this is how you build your whole path through the playoffs. Okay, now you use one more move on that. In your mind, you've... you've pre-registered for that move. What about the other guy? You still had one you still have one move left for next week. Whoever it was, I don't remember. It was it was streamer slot 3. And it's Friday and you you're well, it's not one move on. You still had two moves at that point, but you're going to use one of those remaining two moves on the KJ Martin back-to-back stream. Okay, what do you do with that? Well, this week stat hunting target it you could let your Chicago player ride because they do play on Saturday and then make that last move on Sunday, switch it over to another one of these five and sevens. But what you've done now is you now suddenly have three roster slots that are in stream mode at all times. And you've done it brilliantly in a four weekly move limit head-to-head league. Think about this. Think about what you've done. I don't know what players you dropped to start next week with Chicago's and Detroit's and San Antonio's, the team's going three games in the first four days. But one of those streamer slots, the one that was, I mean, let's just use the Kobe White example, but it's it's a Chicago player, so you have three games by Thursday out of that slot without even using a roster move because you did it this week. And then you picked up K.J. Martin, so now you've got, you've made one move, and that's already a five-game week. And now you're going to make a second move, and that's a six-game week. 
two moves, six games out of that roster slot. What about the other one? Uh, Daniel Tice. Well, you turned him into a nugget. So one move, and that's a five-game week. But that also carries you through the following X number of days. And then the third one we talked about, you made a move on Sunday. And that's a five-game week that you created as well. So you used four moves, and your three streamer slots turned into 16 games played. And I know what you're thinking, Dan. How is this sustainable? Because you can't go into every week with a bunch with three guys that are playing three of the first four days. Well, can you? Can't you? No, it's not always going to be quite so perfect, but in the example we just set up where you had a nugget that you picked up on Friday of next week. I know this is hard to follow, but try to stick with me here. What streamer slot 1 became was a bull for the first four days, and then a nugget for the final three. It was one move, and then it became a five-game week. Well, that nugget has three games the first four days of next week. So you don't have to do anything with them until Friday of next week. So that's another one where you're probably going to be able to wait one move and make that a five-game week out of that roster slot. Cool. Streamer slot two was the one we turned into KJ Martin and then another team on a uh, five-game and seven-day stretch. So that was two moves. It was a six-game week. But guess what? That team, let's say it was Atlanta, they have four games the first six days of next week. So you don't even have to make a move on that slot until Sunday. We're now at two moves next the following week, and you have roster slots that are at 10 combined games. And the third one was another guy we picked up that had five and seven that took you through Sunday of next week, where you could then move make one move on that Sunday of the following week. That'd be May the 2nd. And that's now 15 games out of those spots. And guess what? You know what we've done? If you wanted to, with that Nugget long streamer player that you were moving on Friday, if you don't go into another long stream, you could use your last move there. And again, four moves, 16 games out of three roster slots. That's how you do it. Now... There is a way that a wrench gets thrown into this, and that is, what if someone on your team gets hurt? Well, then you need to turn that into a streaming slot, and one of your existing streamer slots, you just need to hold on a little bit longer. But that's the beauty of the five and seven. Presumably, whenever someone gets hurt, and and you might get really unlucky, and it might happen like right at the very end of one of those spots where your five and seven long stream, you were just getting ready to cast them off into the ocean, Okay, yeah, I mean, you got to make a move to dodge the guy who's going to give you zeros. But that's another reason why the long stream is so critical. The moves we've made in this hypothetical example happened on Friday and Sunday. We used three moves on Friday. Well, in the first example, we used three moves on Friday and one on Sunday. And in the second week of our example, we used... uh, two, three on Sunday and one on Friday. So it it flip-flopped. So that's why you you have these moves saved towards the end of the week. If you don't, if someone gets hurt on Wednesday, guess what? You can replace them. And the only thing you now lose is you probably don't make that extra move on Sunday. So your, your three streaming slots are now 15 games instead of 16. But the guy on your team that got hurt on Tuesday or whatever it is, instead of them being a, a, 
a one-game week, you turn them into a four-game week. So it still is a winning method. And it's why I hate short streaming. Because if you're down to two moves by Wednesday and someone gets hurt, you can't fix your streams and your injuries at the same time. The only way you can do that is if you still have moves, if you're planning to still have moves at the end of the week. Woof, I'm tired. That's an hour of streamer chat. Oh, please do get a fantasy pass, guys. Like, I'm, I'm busting my butt on this stuff. Uh, come check out the fantasy pass at hoop-ball.com. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Check out mybookie.ag and manscaped.com. Use our promo codes. It's the least you can do, folks. I am cooked over here. Promo codes, by the way, are mybookie.ag. The promo code is hoopball. And at manscaped.com, the promo code is hoopball20. Uh, by the way, I, uh, I showed the lawnmower 3.0 to my wife. She hadn't seen it. Just, I was like, Hey, look at this cool thing. And yes, she helped me shave my back. It was gross. Uh, but she was like, Oh, cool. Flashlight. Yeah. Very cool. It's good to see if you're actually trimming the hairs you're trying to trim. That's the lawnmower 3.0 over at Manscaped. Again, use coupon code hoopball20, get 20% off and free shipping on an awesome awesome product or if you want to get something smaller over there just to show your love to a sponsor the shears the luxury nail kit is only 20 bucks before you use the coupon 16 bucks with free shipping after that's a pretty easy one but you know what today don't tell them i told you I'd rather you go get a fantasy pass for 4.99 tell me you did it so i can get you in the discord and we can walk you through all your streaming stuff because this is literally all i'm staring at right now this and my roto averages that i was talking about on yesterday's podcast I can't talk anymore. My voice is cooked. This is a fast one. We crammed a lot into an hour. Good luck, everybody. Get yourself set up. Let's do this thing. Let's win. So long. Have a great weekend, by the way. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.